So all of our honored guests, thank you for being here. As we consider what's going on in our city and nation, I want to challenge us with the concept, are we being conformed or transformed? Open up your word with me to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Paul the apostle makes it clear that it's one or the other. There is either a confirmation or a conforming to what's going on in the world or a transforming to what's going on in the mind of Christ. Not every thought you think is from the mind of Christ and not every projection of a thought as an idea, a speech, a proclamation comes from the mind of Christ and therefore we ought to know the difference. What are we thinking? What are we speaking? What are we moving according to? The world or to God. Look at what it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will. Somebody say his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amen. That's what we want. That's what we want in this city. Let's look at this passage before we make it plain. When we look at this passage, Paul is teaching us that what you do with your body can be worship unto God. But what you do with your body must start with your mind. And so in the mind, you can worship God or you can worship this world or the lowercase g God of this world who we know is Satan. He has come with his own mindset, with his own treason against God. And so the author here, Paul, is teaching us, give your body as a sacrifice, please God with it, be holy and change the way you think. I love the way one preacher said it, get rid of stinking thinking. You got to get rid of the stinking thinking that comes from the world. And the Bible says that this can be in and of itself a battle because it is a battle of the mind and the thoughts of the mind can be deceiving. How many of you have already broke your New Year's resolution? But if we talk to you in January, come on somebody, you were going to keep that diet. (laughs) How many were going to exercise more? But something happened in your mind to deceive you last night to eat that extra piece of pizza or to have that dessert. Something deceived you and it sounded just like you. You see, oftentimes we're our own worst enemies. When we want to look at the trouble that a lot of us are facing, we have to start with the one in the mirror. But not only are we a detriment to ourselves, we deceive ourselves. We give into confirmation bias, believe only that which we want to believe. But we have an adversary who is sending his thoughts to our mind like a radio station sends radio waves to receiving radio players. And so oftentimes we may hear a thought that sounds just like us. It sounds like in the voice of us, but it is coming from a different source than us. And so Paul is saying here to avoid you being deceived by you and being deceived by another, you ought to know the difference from what the world is saying to what God is saying. And if you notice over time that you're looking more and more like the world, it's probably because your thoughts are being conformed more and more to the world's. 
So if we take an issue, say, about abortion, and all of a sudden we're up in arms and we're starting to respond to this issue exactly like Oprah Winfrey does, then we probably got to take a step back and go, have I been listening to Oprah more than I have the word? Because if we spout out like everybody else, my body, my choice, we know that's a devil's lie. Because two people come in to the abortion clinic, two bodies sit down at the doctor's table, but only one body comes out. Hello, somebody. And you see, we get caught up in this trap, don't we? We are so easily conformed to the world around us. I want to give you four examples of what I think is happening right now because I want to know the will of God. I'm going to give them to you quickly, then go over them in a little bit more detail. Number one, we're hearing over and over and over again, church is not a building. We're being conformed to that idea. Number two, we're being told over and over and over again that Romans 13 commands us to submit to the government without any reservation. We are then being conformed to number three, that risks are bad, that life is meant to be bubble wrapped and that a risk is not worth taking. And then lastly, that freedom is selfish. Let's go back to number one. I wish I had time to go through all of these notes, but to honor our guests, these are online, and I got to preach myself empty in the first service, which is also online. Have you heard that saying during this time of us wanting to gather back together? Church is not a building. Church is not a building. My friends, I know I don't need a house to have a family, but my family deserves a house. I know church is not a building, but churches deserve to have a building. What you saying, man? Are you saying I don't get a building? You see, when we as Christians laid down our right to come into the building, we thought it was of our choice. We thought that we could come back to that building when the stats and facts were in alignment with coming back. But now we realize that they took what we lent them, they took that as something we have given them. And that is not true. You can't keep it. When we come to this church, we are representing the freedoms of Christians. We are representing our beliefs, as the Bible says, to come and gather together. Hey, man, I know I can gather with my wife online, but I can't do with her online what I did with her last night. It's her birthday. Come on, she needed a birthday gift. Come on, can I get an amen? There ain't nothing wrong with a little bit of bump and grind. As long as you're married. As long as you're married, young people, there ain't nothing wrong with it as long as you got it right here. Come on. And so you can tell me all day long, we can meet online. I'm meeting online right now, but I need intimacy. I need to hear you speak and vibrate the airwaves around me. I need to see your body. I need to feel what it's like to be in your presence. Even if we do have to social distance, I understand we're not here foolishly doing things. We are doing things according to science and what the doctors are saying but we're simply asking to have our buildings back. Thank you very much. Can I hear an amen to that? Uh, the second thing that we need to confront is this idea that because Paul wrote, the same one we read today in Romans, that you are to submit to governing authorities that somehow now we are never to passively resist them. 
Do you want to know who else told us that lie from Romans 13? The British during the American Revolution. They didn't want Christians rebelling against them. You know who else, who else used that line? Black, uh, white slave owners to the black African Americans. Don't you see what it says in that Bible? Obey your masters. In the civil rights, they tried to use that. The governors tried to say, oh, y'all church folk, obey what we have to say. Oh, and Hitler was real good at getting German Christians to submit to his authority. So unless you want to be like a white slave-owning Nazi or somebody from the British army who lost the war, you should look at that scripture a little bit differently. Can I read just a portion of it to you? It says in verse 3, for rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. So the context here in the Roman government, it is as long as Rome is protecting the right and making sure they stop the wrong, we're going to follow Rome. But guess who wrote this letter? Paul. He was arrested three times. He ended up getting beheaded by Rome. Why? Because it was no longer right to serve God. If loving Jesus is wrong, baby, I don't want to be right. If that's what you now have called wrong, then I don't want to be right according to you. And the beauty about this is, is that the Bible says that governments ought to protect our rights and the United States Constitution is actually doing that. So thank God today, we don't have it like they have it in China. We can actually make our petition to the government and ask the Constitution to get our back. And I thank God for our president that's standing for the Constitution. Can I get an amen? Amen. The third point that we see here is that we have been conformed to think risks are bad. Have you heard about how risky it is now to do everything in life? And wasn't that what we all thought? We're not COVID deniers. We're not anti-science. As a matter of fact, they told us at the beginning, middle of March, this is a deadly virus. It can spread rapidly. Its death rate can be high. Everyone's got to go on quarantine because we don't know who has it or who doesn't. And how many of you went on quarantine? I know I did because I didn't know if I had it. I didn't know if you did. And then they came after us, uh, came after that and said in April, we now know a lot of y'all have it. So what we're going to ask you to do is stay put for this month to make sure that the hospitals don't get overrun, that there's enough ventilators. How many heard that story? And you said amen to it, didn't you? Most of us did. But what happened in a state like Illinois as we came to the end of April? All the ventilator numbers went down. The field hospitals were being closed. Uh, the hospitals were able to keep up with those who needed the care. We were seeing the testing sites starting to come up. Instead of taking what the CDC said, and doing a revolving 14 days, somehow the governor just looked at a magic ball and said, I'm not even going to evaluate this for 28 days. That was against science. That was against what the CDC was saying. And at that point, I said, I'm willing to take a risk and start having church now. You just threw out a number and said we can have 10. You put no science behind how many we could comfortably uh, quarantine or social distance here. You put no agenda to help us or to communicate with us. You just threw out a number 28 days and then threw out 10 into our church willy-nilly. And then now, because we meet, the culture wants to say we're all taking risks. Well, let's take the argument of that for a minute, but back it up one step. Let's look at the recluse today. Who would say to us, you went into a car, you took a risk. 
I stayed home, my life was less risky. Let's look at today the police officer that doesn't want to go do their job and stays home and says, you know what? You police officers out there are taking too many risks. I'm going to stay home. Or let's look at those in the military who would say, you know what? Someone else fight those battles. Too many risks. I heard about Indiana, my home state, opening up. And preachers began to say, we don't want to open up. We don't want to open up until everything else is opened up. What a shame. Friends, I'll come preach in your church right now if you don't want to. You actually have a governor that gave you that right, and you don't want it. But out of fear, they said, we don't want to be the guinea pigs. Let somebody else be the guinea pigs. And I say, to hell with that. Let the church be on the front line. Let the church stand up and walk courageously and show people how to get back to work, how to go back into the community. Let us not wait for others to do it. Let's take our proper place and do it. Because I say back to those pastors, friends, haven't you seen the stats? A thousand percent increase in mental illness. Preacher, they got to see you come back out to church. Haven't you seen the small businesses suffer? Preacher, they got to see you come back to church first. Come on, somebody. Haven't you seen all the despair in the community? Preacher, they got to see your family first. Now, to be honest, we know that this is risky for some. And now after this time, it's been discovered Over 93% of the deaths in Chicago had preconditions. Over 86% came from those 60 years and older. And so now we know where the highest risk is. And we should protect those with preconditions, those who are older. But for the rest of us, for the 99.97% of us, we need to take a risk and open back up the churches and the city and show that we have the courage to do so. Amen? If Christians were willing to suffer back then, I'm willing to suffer now. Not needlessly, but I'll suffer the reproach of people. Because it says here, you suffered along with those in prison. Thank God we're not there yet. And joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You know when it became political, when doctors started arguing with doctors, experts started arguing with experts. I think at this point, to each person and their conscience, may they go and give us the freedom to do so. Amen? And then lastly, that somehow during this time, I've heard it from young adults who seem to have been so high on life before are now thinking that freedom is selfish. Have you heard that? You selfish thing, you. You want to go out to church. You're going to be responsible for deaths. You want to open your business. You're selfish. We've even had some of our family members say, we're not coming over for birthday parties or for your, uh, your Mother's Day in the group of 10 or less because you're selfish, Nancy, by bringing people into your life who you don't know anything about. You see, when freedom is thought to be selfish, we will find ourselves under the bondage of slave masters again. Let me give you an example. My daughter is allergic to peanuts. And growing up, she has had to deal with a dad that is not very much aware all the time. And so sometimes, unknowingly, I would be eating a Snickers, and I would hand it to poor Bethany Boopser. Wave so they can see you. Come on, poor Bethany. And then all of a sudden, she had trusted her daddy so much, but all of a sudden, her throat started to itch, and we had to get her that Benadryl real quick. But guess what? Peanuts are still sold in America. You selfish peanut-loving people. 
Don't you know that my daughter can die from peanut exposure? What's wrong with you folks? You see how that turns real fast against us? We all drove in a car today. But don't you know, folks, people die in cars, you selfish car-driving person. You might be responsible for the car that hits me and kills my family. We've all lost people in, in accidents or have at least seen the damage done. You see, what happens is if we let people's fears begin to restrict our freedoms, we'll become Amish, who I used to grow up around in Indiana, living on our communes without electricity. So what is freedom supposed to be for us? Something that we regulate with a conscience. And so my freedom stops where your rights begin. So I've had people hold up signs out there saying that I'm responsible for their grandmother's death when I wasn't even here. That's post-stress disorder. They're putting that on to me via projection. That's not the truth of what's going on. But here's what I would say to anybody who wants to live in the closet the rest of your life. You're free to do so. But are we free to gather here. And then now what can be the middle ground? Social distance, baby, until you feel all right. So you don't have to worry about catching nothing from me because you're going to be six feet away from me with a mask. Amen. And so we should have the right to be free. Free people will do what is right when they have a good conscience. And Paul said, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. It may not happen overnight, but sadly there are people taking our rights away. We willingly lay them aside at times, which I'm sure you would be willing to do at a birthday party for my daughter Bethany and her peanut allergy. But it would be wrong of me to say never eat peanuts again or never own a swimming pool because someone can drown. Should we take the precautions to guard our freedom? Absolutely. But let free people live free. In Jesus' name, can I hear an amen? Amen. amen. Let's bless the Lord. We thank you for your word. As I prepare to close, would you stand with me please in prayer? Then we'll have Dr. Willie Wilson share his word with us and dismiss afterward. Father, we want to be transformed and not conformed to this world. We want to be transformed to the mind of Christ. If anyone is here today and you do not, do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to do so. Repent of your sins and change your thinking to the things of Christ. Maybe you have a certain view of how sexuality should be or how morals should be or how religion should be. Would you trust Jesus today? to transform your mind. Start by confessing him as the Lord of your life, that you want him to be your Lord and Savior. He'll hear you now. And as for the rest of us, can we take a moment to pray, even as I do, that we would guard our hearts and that the Holy Spirit would protect us from going along with anything in the world that comes across that is against the things of God, that we would have our guard up, especially during this time. Lord, I ask you to guard everyone's mind here. Root out anything that's been in line with the word, uh, the world, but not in line with your word. Convict us, challenge us, help us to do what we do in life according to your will, your perfect and pleasing will for our lives. Oh Lord, and wherever we need to sacrifice, may we sacrifice. Should we have to do things that are uncomfortable? Yes, Lord, we're willing. Make us uh, your humble servants. And at the same time, Lord, give us courage to stand up in the face of oppression when people want us to conform to something outside of our conscience. We pray this all in the mighty name of Jesus. 
In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Can we grab a mic for Dr. Willie? There it is. Dr. Willie Wilson, we're going to welcome you up now. Would you give a round of applause for Dr. Willie Wilson? You may be seated. All right. All right. Let me uh, thank the Lord for his uh, amazing grace and his unspeakable uh, uh, gift to the pastor. Thank you for having us here and to the associated ministers and the first lady and all of you all here as well. Um, I want to speak openly and honest with you today about why do I take this stand in Jesus' name? I have pledged uh, for each church that is has to pay a fine that I pledge up to one million dollars to pay the fine any church in the state of Illinois. Okay. <clears throat> And so I know this church here been open for a while, and I want to present this check to the pastor today for to pay whatever fine that he need to pay, starting the day for for five thousand dollars. All right. Thank you, man. I um. I want to encourage you to continue the social difference, to wear your face mask, and all of those things. I, I took a stand because if you take a stand with anything else outside of Jesus, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> and I'm from... Jim Crow days. And most of the pastors who I brought with me today is from those same era. And let me just ask for the pastor who came with me today to stand up. <clears throat> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. And we believe in serving the, the Lord. Want to let you know that, Pastor, when we was down south for sharecropper days, uh, the white man told us we couldn't eat in the same restaurant. And they told us we couldn't go on one side of the, the street. And a lot of us was put in prison because we eventually came to the time that Dr. King and the late civil rights leader, Rosa Parks, lost their life for breaking the law. Today, we're saying that we cannot take and open up our doors of our churches. Well, we didn't say that when 
came on the scene. We didn't say that all gay and lesbian people had to separate us. We didn't do that. You know? We embraced them. Right? We embraced them. And now people is somehow or another the the mayor, the the governor that I said open have lost their mind. Yeah, we believe in following the, the laws. We believe in social differences. We abide by those. But I would never abide by the rules, the Ten Commandments of our God who another man put, mankind put on me. I would never do that. Everything that seemed to be they talk about the law. Well, what about the law of God? Right. Am I supposed to just forget about God? Mm-hmm. Am I supposed to forget about that person who woke me up this morning? <laughs> Am I supposed to be Forget about the person when I went to, was in the hospital years back. The doctor said, and the science said, you have the prostate cancer. Today, you're going to die. When I had a heart attack, the doctor said that you have, today, you're on the operating table. Dr. Wilson said, yeah, I want you to need to sign this little slip here. He said, because you won't get up. And I, he said, well, I, I said, well, I, well, I said, look, uh, doctor, I'm going to get up from here. And he said, no, I, said, I, I believe in science. I've been doing this 50 some years. And I said, I, I believe in a person who made the science. All right. And I said, I'm, I'm going to put my faith in him. Uh, and that was 18, 20 years ago. I, I'm alive today, all right? Uh, science said I shouldn't be here. Doctor said I shouldn't be here. So. Okay. Yes, sir. I go to the rock of my salvation. I'm not going to be afraid, y'all. Look, I I cannot hide from the person who allowed the disease to get down here who made it. I cannot hide from him. Yeah. I cannot go in my closet and hide from it. I can't even go in a drown and hide from it. Because there ain't no hiding place from Jesus. I mean, this, this, this virus, Jesus have allowed him, he went into the White House. Supposed to be the more protected place there is in the world. 
He's there. Jesus behind me, on the side of me, in front of me, over my head. He's in, in me. If I'm going to trust anybody, I'm going to trust in the Lord. So I caution all of you saying that how can you say that I believe in Christ, uh, but you now say that I won't go to the church. <laughs> how can you believe in a person who made you, who made everything, and won't go to his church. I serve a Lord that goes everywhere. Every place, you can't hide from him. I serve a Lord that said, Lord, I, 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 I worship you. Lord, I'm sick, but I, I know you can cure me. And Lord, I need thee every, not every hour, but every second. Lord, I need you quicker than right now. Serve a God. Won't, won't run from, I got to get closer to him. One song, right, it put it this way, it said, near, oh my God, to thee. Songwriter, other songwriter came along and said, Lord, I stretched my hand to thee. There ain't no other help that I know. Thou withdraw thyself from me. Whither shall I go? Yeah, I, I will not mix Jesus with politics. I worship in truth. Job said, though you slay me, yet will I just trust in him. David, when he got in the situation, he said, Lord, hide me in your bosom. He said, until the sun trouble rise over me, hide me, Lord. In your book. David said, I'll be safe in you, Lord. I'll be searching in, in, in your hiding place. Yes, sir. I, I sometimes tell people from my background, from where I come from, that I rob and that staff, they comfort me. Yea, do I walk in a valley of shadow of death. I feel no evil. Thou art with me. I, I, I won't be afraid of the person that responsible for everything. I won't be afraid of the person who can stop anything. 
Yeah, give me a fine. I'd rather take mankind fine than take Jesus fine. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I know I'm right about it. Yes, sir. Yeah, Lord, let me take Jesus fine. Let me not take mankind, but let me take Jesus fine. And where I look, church, I'm so grateful that the pastor invited me here today. I, I'm, I'm so grateful. I feel like I said last Sunday, I felt like Jane Brown, he do the thing. He said, I feel good. <laughs> yeah, like I know I should, you know. I, I feel good in, in Jesus. People old times say I, he, he's a shelter in the time of storm. Rock in a weary land. A doctor in a hospital. Food when I'm hungry. More power in the heel of his gone than any medicine could be made. So I tell you today as I get ready to close for the people who are watching me on Facebook. I got critic. The only critic I care about is Jesus. <laughs> I'm here to tell my people on the Facebook, on my Facebook. You ain't got a hell to put me in too. Oh, to heaven, all right? I serve a mighty God. I serve a mighty God. He walk with me, talk with me. He my own. He hold me in the palm of his hand. He rock me in the pillows of that. God bless you. Before we dismiss, I'm going to walk out with Brother Dr. Willie. Can we all stand up? What I was told when we did this is that I didn't care about minorities or the old. That was the two arguments that came against us. Those of you who were here can, uh, can attest to that. Seeing these well-aged African-American pastors, I take my hat off to you taking a risk on this crazy white boy. Thank you for coming. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for coming and getting my back because I was trying to get I was trying to get street cred. I was trying to defend myself. And this is what I felt the Lord say. He's got my back. He'll defend me. And hearing, hearing Dr. Willie, I did Bible college in New Orleans for seven and a half years. And these were the men like you who I was trained under. What we're dealing with now is only but spiritual warfare. Because the African-American men and the others that trained and taught me, taught me just what this brother taught me. I have nothing against what's going on with Jesse Jackson and all of them. But I just say, brother, Jesse, get a hold of Dr. Willie and let's work this out. Amen? Let's work it out. Brother Meeks, let's get a hold of this bishop. We need these brothers to cross these aisles because we should not be against each other. 
and I'll talk to my kind and all of these suburban white pastors that are afraid to come out of their million-dollar buildings, which are just as big as the Walmarts. Willow Creek, open up in Jesus' name. All of these churches, man, what's going on? We need to come together. And this is the way I would say it to my kids. You know what you just saw today? You know how we've watched Lord of the Rings, and you would have the dwarves and the elves, and they all came together? That's what you just saw here. We'll be the dwarves. These were the beautiful elves. Amen. I'm going to hand it over to our associate pastor who's going to have to dismiss by row. So would you please grab a seat, and then Dr. Willie and I will leave together. Thank you, Pastor. All right. Thank